podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Tis that time of the season when the ghouls and goblins prowl. Witches ride their broomsticks and bonehead wildcats howl. So scrape your claws together and make some chilling noise for your haunted wildcatters, those spooky Bosco boys. Pretty large game this week, Scott, which means we're going to take it back to our roots. you yeah. got a beer of the pod, baby. Beer of the pod. It is from Southern Tier Brewing Company. It is Cold Press Pump King. Uh, it's a delicious pumpkin ale uh, that also has a little bit of coffee in it. For those of you who do not like spicy pumpkin ales, which is sometimes a call-out for some folks, this would be for you. A little bit of coffee, a little bit of pumpkin a lot of ale. I love it. It's the perfect beer of the pod on this cold October afternoon. I've got a whiskey of the pod, courtesy of Robin Kentucky. Colonel Taylor, small batch. Uh, it's pretty delicious. Don't worry, Rob. There's 95% of both of the whiskeys left. I didn't drink them. So we will be able to drink them later on the show when you come on. Um, let's talk about my bookie. MyBookie.ag, the only spot I would tell you to gamble and you want to know why? They have customer service that's better than any place on the internet or legally in Iowa, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Mississippi, New Jersey, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And those real life places aren't going to give you this deal. If you use promo code CHAIR, that is C H A I R, you're getting a 100% deposit match. Up to that thousand dollars. That's free money to play with. Put it all on the cats minus ninety. That's right. I'm saying it. cats by ninety this weekend. Make your money and then spend it on the swag shop or Patreon or later Manscaped or just gamble more. You literally can't lose because you're a bonehead. You smell good. You're intelligent and you're attractive. Use promo code Chair. That's C H A I R. Let's get into our Wildcat rack. Up, brought to you by K-State Online in terms of the recruiting news. Not much to talk about. In fact, nothing to talk about for basketball recruiting. I actually added something you didn't look at the update. Uh, I'm not going to give away everything, but Flando had a nice little update on Grady Dick. uh, Unofficial visit during the OU game. He's a guard in the 2022 class out of Wichita. Four-star, top 30 guy. He really enjoyed his visit. Uh, head over to K-State Online to get more about Mr. Dick, and maybe we'll get a uh, Wichita recruit. Four-star guy would be a massive get. They're getting in on the ground floor. Football recruiting, a cornerback out of Georgia, T.J. Smith. He decommitted from Memphis, I believe, yesterday. Yep. Um, K-State is the presumed leader in the clubhouse for him. It will probably come down to you know holding off Wake Forest, Kentucky, Louisville, and any other ACC, SEC schools that jump in, that's an exciting development. Yeah, he's a high-profile – well, I don't know if high-profile is the right word, but he's a high-ceiling guy out of Georgia. Uh, we've been in on him for a long time. He had a visit. It seemed to go well. I think the big fear is if any of those bigger SEC programs get involved uh, – 
believe it or not, Alabama has been in contact with them. And I think the real danger is if North Carolina uh, might want to get involved because it sounds like that might be a school he really wants to end up at. But if we can hold off those others, if you know some of those other schools don't come forward with an offer, I think the young man out of Georgia will be wearing purple. Also, Robert Hintz. Out of Northwest Mississippi Community College, committed last Tuesday after we recorded the OU preview. Um, you know, he's a top 50 Juco guy, uh, going to be playing defensive tackle three, you know, technique for the Cats. Another good, another good get, in my opinion. Yeah, you have three guys that are going to be playing inside, all seniors, uh, Drew Wiley, Trey Deshaun, and Jordan Mitty. Um, all three of those guys will be going on to bigger and better things, I guess, professional in football or something else at the end of the season. So you really want some plug-and-play guys on the inside. He's going to be in that three-tech. He actually plays defensive end in the Mississippi Community College uh, circuit, but he's going to be playing inside at that three-tech. Not the nose guard, uh, but the three-tech. How many times can I say three-tech? Um <laughs> But, yeah, that, that's where he's going to be playing. I think it ended up being a big get for the Cats. I would agree. Uh, men's basketball, they won their opener, their exhibition game over Emporia State, 86-49. to I'm going to let you take most of this because I was at dinner, have not had a chance to rewatch the game. But what I did saw, we looked fun. Yeah, it's a really fun team. Uh, they like the highlight plays. Uh, they had, like, a ton of blocks. Um, ton of dunks, the chucking threes. Um, it's going to be a fun athletic team. I hope Bruce kind of lets lets the boys run a little bit, have a little fun out there. Um, Xavier Sneed led the team, eighteen point uh, seven rebounds. Biggest and, shock of the night, Antonio Gordon. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like out of all the three freshmen, uh, and this is on uh, me at least. I can't speak for you. Uh, I should have known better because Antonio Gordon was a scorer in high school. Like he was one of the all time. Like best scores in Oklahoma high school history. Didn't he drop fifty in one yeah. game fairly recently? I th- well, well, I think he, well, in his senior year. Yeah, like in the state playoffs, I think he dropped fifty a couple times. So I should have known better uh, to have the assumption that he might not get as many points early. But I mean, he had sixteen points, seventeen rebounds. Uh, you can see that he still has some work to do on the defensive end. A guy who I love is Motor Montavious Murphy, ten points, eleven rebounds again headband guy oh yeah also a headband guy versus division two school so don't get overly carried away but once he gets maybe a full year in the weight program i think he might i I legitimately think he'll be a beast and bruce even said and maybe he's trying to motivate levi maybe he's just you know bruce being bruce but he said in the post game that maybe it's going to be murphy who's that number one post guy off the bench if matt gets in foul trouble um so I, I'm really hoping for good things. Cardi, uh, nine points, five assists. He had two highlight blocks, which was the most fun thing about his game. He looked to be forcing it a little bit. Uh, Matt said it on the preview pod. If you haven't listened, go back to last week's pr- free play Friday for a basketball preview. Um, Cardi desperately wants to be the guy. He wants to be the man. He might have been pressing a little bit. I'm sure that's something that will work itself out. Again, we still have another – exhibition game before we open the season with North Dakota State in a couple weeks. Uh, David Sloan. It's interesting that you say that. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're fine. It's interesting that you say that Cardi desperately wants to be the man because I would think that that would be – I know that we talked about how Snead does not want to be the man, but he is, you know, probably our number one guy right now. So I could see him forcing things and not Cardi because it just doesn't seem like Cardi's personality to do that. But 
I think it'll come to him eventually. Oh yeah, I think I think it will too. And again, I, you see this early in the season with all sorts of guys. Um, a guy who didn't seem to force it, David Sloan, another person who will need to work on his defense. He got three steals, but he kind of was cherry picking. He, he I, you don't get three steals by being lazy, but he was trying to, you know, go out of his way to get into passing lanes. I think he would be a. a a liability for backdoor cuts, and I think that's something that a good team could really expose. But I think he'll get there. He did get eight points, including a layup at the buzzer in the first half, went coast-to-coast in three seconds to get that layup. Got seven assists as well and five rebounds. So he's a guy that looks like when he's on the court, he can do a little bit of everything, jack-of-all-trades, but maybe not great at anything. Though seven seven assists is nothing to sneeze at. Uh, Dejuan Gordon, seven points. Another guy who seemed to really force it out there. I think he wants I can see that. to be like a stud freshman. And again, I think he'll get there. First game judge. He did have a great steal and dunk. Uh, that's a guy who loves the highlight play. So I think we're going to see great things. Stockard, six points, four rebounds. Mike McGurl, four points, three steals, six assists, which is nice to see him getting those assists. Mack, four points, three rebounds, only 18 minutes. Again, I think I'm nervous. I'm nervous about Mac. Um, maybe all I have to do is kind of doubt him a little bit, and he'll step <laughs> it up because he seemed to do that a lot last year. But I'm nervous about Mac. And then Pearson Mac, he got four points. Um, PJ, the other walk-on, played some minutes, no stats. Uh, so those are my thoughts on the game. No Sean Williams. Sounds like he's suspended. I actually think that there is a real chance we never see Sean Williams play for K-State again. Um Sounds like there is potential that if he can't figure it out, he might just transfer it semester um, based on some of the stuff. That's actually some folks sliding to my DM saying some stuff. Uh, and that's never been wrong in the history of the world, right? I mean, right. I mean, that, that's shoot, a joke. There were concerns, you know, I think in the summer. In the summer, about there were whispers about, you know, Sean Williams not quite being up to speed and the coaches being concerned about that. So I wouldn't be surprised. I'm not going to go as far as say that he we may never see him play for us again. But no, I wouldn't be surprised if that is the case. You know. And for the record, we don't want that. He has all the potential in the world. Um, I'm hoping he gets a figure figured out. Uh, he makes right by Bruce, and that we see him. You know, maybe in Las Vegas, maybe later on the non-con. Um, any other thoughts, anything that you've either read or seen? Uh, I know you said you haven't gotten a chance to watch it. It's just an exhibition. but uh. It's available, so I'll probably watch it tonight because I don't really have anything going on. But, you know, it sounds like the trio of freshmen, at the very least, are super teachable and consistently work very hard. And I think that that's a great, like, uh, super underrated quality to have as a group of freshmen coming in. So... I expect them to contribute a lot more, even after an exhibition game, than I did initially. Yep. Also, I shout out to the Octagon of Booze. There's actually a ton of different beer options. I know a uh, former friend of the pod, Kels Robinette, tweeted out a picture of one concession stand, um, and it just had Shock Top as the only quote-unquote premium beer. There was all sorts of different beers. There's stuff from Goose Island, Kona Brewing Company. There were Natter Days. Um, I think there are a couple other pretty decent options. There's some good wine options, some hard seltzer, all sorts of great beer and booze options at Bramlage. I enjoyed it. The next exhibition game is Wednesday night, 7 p.m. versus Washburn. Uh, you're in the area. Get out there. If not, it's on ESPN+. Plus. Um, I'll be watching that one from home. Um, but I'm looking forward to seeing them play again. Yeah, I'm excited to be able to watch that game. So get there 
tonight, I guess. Yeah, I guess if you're listening to this on release date, it's tonight. Uh, the women's basketball team, first exhibition game is versus Washburn. It's going on as we record. And their second ex- exhibition is in Bramlage, 6.30 p.m. versus Fort Hayes State. Both games and all non-conference home games will be on ESPN+. Plus. Hoping for uh, the women's basketball team to figure it out. We need a little bit of uh, good news in the non-revenue sports. We'll transition into soccer. Uh, they just got their locker room and player lounge and all that extra facility stuff dedicated at senior night. But uh, it wasn't a great senior night, uh, despite how great the facility is. They lost 3-0 to Texas Tech. They finished up the season versus West Virginia. Or no, sorry, the senior night was versus West Virginia. They finished off the season Halloween versus Texas Tech. Um, results really need to start coming next year. Um, they only scored five goals this season This season, Big 12 play uh, with one left to go. They've given up more goals than they did last year. Uh, they're going to be missing out on the conference tournament. Uh, the facilities are now in place. They've been around for four or five years now. Dabini needs to start getting results. Otherwise, uh, if you're going to compete in the sport, you might as well try to compete in it. And quite frankly, they were less competitive this year than the previous two years in Big 12 play. I would agree. It's time to see some results. Um, volleyball, good news in volleyball, though. Cats came back from uh, down 0-2 to beat KU at home in five sets in a very, very exciting game that I got to watch on ESPN+. Plus. ESPN U. Or U, yes. You're it a was streamer, great. so it doesn't matter for Yeah, you, it's hard for me to it, really It's all know on the, the same difference. app, yeah. But, no, it was an electric game. I, I think – I can't remember if that was on Wednesday or Tuesday last week. But, well, we recorded on a Wednesday. It doesn't matter. I, I got in there at the end of set two. I saw us go down 0-2. I was just like, well, this probably won't go well. I'll watch the third set anyways because I legitimately love college volleyball. I was volleyball. about to say, volleyball is very fun. College volleyball is amazing. Well, I'm sure pro, if there is pro volleyball. Volleyball is an electric sport. It is great. Um, but I was just going to tune in for the rest of it. But sure enough, I mean, they fought back, and they won in five. It's always good to beat KU. Again, that's another sport that I hope we start seeing stuff turn around. We're about to build them a brand new super facility. young team. Yeah, so I, I think it'll be there. Uh, they they have the potential. They're young. Um, I, I mean, they they started. I think only one senior. I mean, they only have like two or three on the entire team. They're gonna get there. Um, they're playing uh, let's at see. West Virginia yeah, on West Virginia. Wednesday. At yeah. Wednesday at home in Ahern versus TCU, six thirty uh, on ESPN Plus. Um, again, all home volleyball games and Big Twelve play are broadcast either on ESPN Plus or some of them are on ESPNU. They're only at the halfway point in the season. Um, I think they play everyone twice in volleyball, so I'm hoping they turn it around the second half and really make a run put themselves in a position to make a little noise. I think they've lost just a little too much to get into postseason play. But, you know, play spoiler for a couple teams. It's Tuesday, so that means Coach Kleiman's press conference was today. He started off by reiterating that, you know, you can't worry about Saturday on a Tuesday. You must attack each day and get better on the daily basis. You know, he's really hammering that mantra of pound the stone. I think he's approaching it very well. And, you know, I – Obviously, everybody has the concern of the letdown after a huge win, but I think it's we're almost fortunate to have it be KU week. It's going to be harder for us to let down, you know, against our in-state rival. We know that this is a big game, so I'm sure, and I know that you know, Chris Kleiman is not going to ever admit this, but he probably does have this game circled, and he's they're going to prep as hard as they probably have all year. Definitely, I do like his mantra, though. I mean, because he said it before the OU game, which you're playing a top five team at home on homecoming. He's saying it before you play the in-state rival. Um, just take every day. And this is something he said even 
before the first game versus an FCS team, he always says you have to worry about Tuesday instead of Saturday, Wednesday instead of Saturday, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And if you truly buy into that, by the time Saturday rolls around, you're going to be in a great spot. Um, something I like to hear, he said that they came out of OU relatively healthy outside of Eric Gallon, um, which if you put Eric Gallon aside, hearing that, hey, they came out of that relatively healthy is great news. If you can uh, have a full stable of pieces, you got to like where you're sitting. Um, but getting back to Eric Gallon, He's lost for the year. It sucks because he really started playing in different packages on defense. He was so good in special teams. Um, some folks I saw on message boards are sending uh, some cards, some get well cards, some notes of encouragement to the veneer complex. So if that's something you want to do, feel free. Um, someone from his family said on Facebook that he tore his ACL, MCL, PCL, and dislocated his kneecap. Uh, he has his first of many surgeries on Tuesday – or no, on Friday, excuse me. Um, so you hate to hear it. Um, hopefully all the surgeries go well. And again, if, if you're someone who sends cards, send it to the veneer family football complex, address it to Alan Ga or Eric gallon, the second, and, uh, they're going to make sure it gets to him. Yeah. Really sad. Um, just that's bad news. He's, got a, senior he's got a long road ahead, uh, in terms of recovery for that injury. Um, I don't think it's crazy to say that we may not have won that game without Eric Gallen. He literally made maybe the play of the game, knocking the ball loose that you know led to the touchdown that we won by. Um, you know he made made a great play getting in the passing lane on a three and forcing a three and out. Um, it was fun to watch him play on Saturday. Sad that his career is over, but you know, yeah, send him some cards. Yeah, I think. I'm, I'm going to. I, I like to write cards. I will be doing it. Um, Clement seemed to downplay the impact that this game, being the KU game, would have on recruiting, said that every single week in the Big 12 is going to have an impact on recruiting. Again, I think it goes back to at least the uh, the facade he's putting out that no game matters more than the other. And, hell, I'm not in the locker room. Maybe that truly is the message he's doing. Um which there's worse messages out there. That's I mean, how you build a consistent, successful that is. program. I mean, if, if you, you you can't make the OU game out to be your Super Bowl and then turn around and make KU the Super Bowl and then yeah, turn around and I mean, make he's Texas right. the Super the Bowl. The logic in that is completely yeah, sound. So, again, I'm not on the inside of it. He's saying all the right things. Um, he, he was specifically asked about Jordan Brown. He said Jordan Brown was not a part of practices on Monday but expects some practice time today as we're recording on Tuesday but to be a full go when you guys are listening to this on a Wednesday. Um, that's got to be good news because he truly does change the game. Huge news, and, I think. And he didn't even have more uh, a higher yards per carry average than Gilbert, but you see he has that home run ability. Gilbert got into space a couple times and runs that Jordan Brown would have been able to. He probably houses it. Um, and it just gives a dynamic that he doesn't see. And then if the pro football focus numbers are correct, he actually played more snaps than Gilbert did in that game. Um, so he's just a massive part of this offense. Yeah, he adds a different weapon. I mean, with him in there, he adds obviously a, just a one-two punch as in the running game. But I think he his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield is immense. I don't think that that can be downplayed. So he's also like one of the better running back blockers that I've seen. Um, he's so good at pass he protection. Up the blitz very well on one of the third down conversions. Yeah, he's he's a sound player, and um, I hope. I mean, I fully expect him to be full go, so I'm, that's good news. Um, 
Let's see. Uh, they said that he met with the captains and really said that they seem to have already moved on from the OU game and they're ready for the K game. Again, that's something you want to hear. You'd think you'd hope the captains would be like that. I do. I do still kind of worry about some of those non-Kansas kids, uh, who maybe even Oklahoma kids, Texas kids. They just came off that big win to get the buy-in. It's not just from the guys who are playing. I don't. I didn't put them in the notes, but Kleiman talked about how great the scout team was before OU. So you truly do need buy-in from player. You know, Skylar Thompson all the way at the top, all the way down to player 105, whoever that might be. Uh, getting the team ready so he, he said the captains were ready I'm hoping everyone else is uh, I do have a little bit of worry about that though Derek Young over at Case Online pulled out some kind of concerning stuff he picked out some historical big uh, you know upset wins and granted he might have cherry picked there it might have just been it happened to be the ones that he remembered but there is a real letdown after you get some of these big top five upsets and you know we've seen it firsthand it's happened to us beating Texas and turning right around and losing to KU, putting on a abysmal display. But these are different times. Um, I think we're in a lot better hands now, and I think that we have a good core of Kansas guys and, you know, our quarterback, who I think is a great leader, and he understands the value of this game. So I think we have the right leaders in place that know the weight of this game and how important it is for the program. And, you know, I think – I honestly think our coaches do too. So, plus, if you reference that Derek Young thing, which it's it's true, that shit does happen all the time. It feels like, but these were teams that one were not very good and were playing against juggernauts down the line, and you know it's just this is different. You can't. It's every God. Every case is different. Yes. No. I I agree with them one hundred percent. That's that said, I'm terrified. Yeah. No. In, in, <laughs> at the end of the day, these are eighteen, twenty-one year old kids. Uh, you can't blame them if they're, you know, still feeling high from that game. But that's where the coaches that are pl- paid millions and hundreds of thousands of dollars need to earn their paycheck. They need to get them turned around, bought and ready for that game. Um, Coach Kleiman a couple times had very high praise for Carter Stanley, the way he's been playing, which he has been playing well. I uh, said he has a great grasp of this offense and really is able to get the ball out quickly. Said Texas and Texas Tech really tried to pressure him. But he knew where he needed to throw it and when he needed to get away with it. Um, specifically, I don't know if this will come up in your keys of V at all. Car Stanley has been playing well. Uh, what do you think we really need to do to be able to rattle him and make sure he doesn't get into that rhythm? And, you know, he was throwing – I mean, he, he was the offensive player of the week. He didn't have four rushing touchdowns or anything like that or upset the number five team in the nation. He wasn't on all these national quarterback award lists after that game like Skylar Thompson was. But the Big 12 gave it to him, whatever. But he did have a good game. Um, what what do we have to do to really make sure that Carter Stanley doesn't get to go up in the ring of honor at KU for beating K-State? Oh, man. I have a pretty high praise for Carter Stanley, too. He's, you know, he's turned it around quite a bit. And I think that he's flourishing under – Deerman or whatever that guy's name is. Um, I think it'll be really important for, uh, one, obviously we need to get pressure on him, but I've put a lot more weight on the secondary being sound in this game because, you know, when you look at the Tech game, they weren't sustaining drives. Carter Stanley wasn't, uh, you know, taking them 80 yards and looking like just a super poised, sound quarterback. You know, all of their touchdowns were basically on l- – big plays where the secondary broke down. Parchman went 80 yards, and he was not even close. You know, 
I think it was more secondary breakdowns and than anything. So I we need to contain their wide receivers, particularly Parchment, and we need to hopefully we can bottle Puka up early so that that they'll have to kind of so that we can. I hope we don't have hope. Hope we don't sell out for Puka because then we might be in trouble because they have some pretty damn talented wide receivers. I agree with you. Um, he was asked a question about one of my favorite players, uh, Jackson Neen. He uh, made sure to mention that he's going to continue to get Jacks involved with the game plan. We've seen his snap counts look pretty good over the last two Big Twelve games. Uh, is it a coincidence that we've won those last two Big game, Big Twelve games? I'm not going to say yes, but you can lead a horse to water. Um, and then he he the question also brought up Jax's family. You know, I think he has a brother on that team. He's had multiple brothers go through the program. I think he has a cousin who's being recruited by KU right now as well. Coach Kleiman said it with a chuckle, saying that it must be hard for you know the Deneen family to see Jax in purple. But he said they're happy. Jax is a Wildcat. Jax loves being a Wildcat, and I personally love that Jax is a Wildcat. Um, what what have you seen from Jackson? Are, are you hoping he uh, gets into Pater for the first time as a Wildcat in Lawrence? Yeah, I do. Um, I think Jax is going to have a big game. Or I think he'll be a big part of this game. He um, is just my favorite part about him is just literally his body. He's so he's so thick. This is what peak performance looks like. Yeah, if you don't like it? I'm sorry. No, I I'm looking forward to it. Um, I hope. And in, I hope we can utilize him in the offense um, out of the backfield like we did. I'd love to see him running in the open field at some, you know, poor defensive back. Um, and I'd, you know what I'd really love to see is him just crack his brother, who I think is a middle linebacker or some one of the linebackers. Um, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they at some point meet. I would love to see him truck Gavin Potter and get into the end zone. Oh, my God. That would be and, awesome, too. You know what? Shout out to a guy like Gavin Potter. He's had having a really good true freshman season. I wish he was at K-State. But stuff like that in his signing day announcement is what makes rivalries fun. It's what makes college football fun, makes college rivalries fun. Um, I think we'll talk a little bit later today about what the Sunflower Showdown means to us. I think our Free Play Friday episode, we're going to talk about some memories around the Sunflower Showdown. But it's guys like that uh, that – make it fun i mean it's easy to try to demonize him but he's having fun he's a college kid he's 18 at the time he was 17 years old he's 18 years old i think it's fun but at the same time since i'm wearing purple i think it'd be hella fun to see jackson truck him and stand over him you know Allen iverson style inside the end zone that would be incredible um yeah i mean <laughs> there's a lot to say about the way he revealed his college choice but yeah, that just adds to the rivalry. It makes it makes it more interesting. So, I'm excited. I mean, as much as nervous as I am, and as just awful as the hypothetical prospect of us losing that game, which I don't think we will, but I'm excited. I mean, this is the. Mo- I think this is the most fun I've had, or at least the most fun buildup it's been for for the football aspect of this rivalry. I can't think of a time in my life where I was really this engaged. For the KU game. I think it'd probably go all the way back to 2010 for me, maybe 2009. But, I so, mean, that's, yeah. a long, that's a long time ago. It's a long time to really not care about your in-state rival. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's ex- it's exciting. And I it's making me hate them more, and that's a good thing. I mean, yeah. it's more fun. We'll wrap up the press conference part of this. Um, 
last night I had uh, a question about Harry Trotter was brought up. Coach Kleiman had a lot of praise for him, really talked up his blocking, especially in that three-back formation, and said that they're actually looking to get him in on a couple different special teams units because he just wants to be on the field and contribute any way he can. That's what you want to hear about a kid uh, who was a walk-on transfer. He was put on scholarship. that He just desperately wants to get down there on the field no matter how he does it. Yeah, that's something I you know I really respect in a player. Um I like Harry Trotter. He's got a great name. Yeah, it's a great name. <laughs> um, it's time for our game primers, but before we get into them, we need to talk to you about sponsor of the show and the entire armchair network, manscaped.com. We're so happy to have them sponsoring us. Um, I, you know, I've, I've had this issue, you know, trimming downstairs, getting ready for something. <laughs> I, one time I was getting ready for a date that might end up in a little bit of fun. Ooh. Nicked myself. Oh, no. Bleeding out. Had to cancel. That's embarrassing. You can't tell the truth. Got to come up with something. But, yeah, <laughs> guess what? If I would have had the lawnmower 2.0, I would have been able to go on that date. And, you know, who knows what might have happened afterwards. Uh, they have proprietary. You're, miss, you're losing, missing an R in there. Yeah, well, whatever. They have some great technology. It was created by rocket scientists, maybe, question mark. Not really sure. But it's skin guard safe technology. That means if you're going down there, you're shaving, getting ready for that date. If you try to nick or snag your balls, nope, it's going to stop. You're not going to bleed. I don't know how that works. I don't really I know don't. either. In fact, I was looking at it, and I thought that I, it was a piece that I had to take out of the razor. It's like a little plastic guard that's actually stuck in there. I don't know. Uh, I'm not the rocket scientist, though. Um, not only do they have that insane technology, but they have balms and lotions to make sure that your nether regions are always dry and smelling good, which, you know, that's important. Very um, important. If you use promo code ARMCHAIR, that's capital R A R M C H A I R. We're so good around here that we, we'll spell it. We'll even spell it out for you if you don't know how to spell. Um, you get 20% off and free shipping on anything in their store. Remember that the promo code is ARMCHAIR for 20% off and free shipping to make sure you never bleed out after a tremor incident and you have all the lotions and balms you could ever want for your balls. Hell yeah. So the KU Primer is going to come from one of our friends who went to high school with them, Ryan Reinhart. He is the host over at Ain't No Seats Podcast. It's the KU show over on the Armchair Media Network. Um, make sure to give that a listen. Give that uh, a listen if you want to get real yeah. prepped for this week and if yeah. you want to get your blood boiling. Exactly. And, I, I, and, you know, we like Ryan, and uh, the, the, I think they put in a lot of effort into the show. Um, I think you'll get a real uh, taste of how KU's fan base is feeling going into this game. So uh, Ryan has a prediction for us at the end of this. Uh, we'll see, we'll see uh, how you guys like it. But I'll tell you what, the, my favorite guy who's ever done a primer for us, the most professional guy, you can see him at KSAHD.TV in stadium updates, the KSA pregame show before home games. Uh, he is the charter member of the K-State Sexy Bald Club. Literally a man who I want to announce everything for the rest of my life, Brian Smoller. Brian, if you're listening, Swaggy B, I love you. <laughs> yeah. I do. I Seriously, love you. though. I love you, Brian. The first primer that I listened to that he did, I was like laughing out loud because it was so good. I was like, this is absurd. It's so much better than every other primer we've ever had. But hey, um, let's send it to the primers. Let's go. All right, what's up, guys? This is Ryan Reinhardt, host of Ain't No Seats Podcast, at our Reinhardt 2012 on Twitter. And this is your KU primer for the Sunflower Showdown 
Shout out to the Bosco boys, some of my good buddies. Um, the Hawks are three and five right now. Um, I would say the main story with the program is definitely the new offensive coordinator, Brent Deerman. Since coming on during the bye week three weeks ago, the Hawks have put up 48 against Texas and 37 in a win against Texas Tech. His offense has our senior quarterback, Carter Stanley, playing the best offense of his career, coming off a 415-yard passing game against Tech last week. Um, in that game, KU got down early. They were down 17-0, um, but they ended up coming back. The offense played great after a few – Carter threw an interception on the first play of the game. From there, he was pretty much nails, um, had a lot of big third-down completions, stuff like that, to where we just – Seemed to always answer every call. Eventually got it back to tied. And defense made a big stop on third and one, I believe, which then led to quite the scenario. Um, the Hawks came down, had a field goal to win the game. It was blocked. Um, but Texas Tech picked up the block, started running it back. I'm sure most people saw this, but for those that didn't, Texas Tech picked up the block, running it back. The guy tried to pitch it, um, fumbled. KU fell on it. And with one second on the clock, we Liam Jones hit a field goal to win the game. Um, so looking at expectations before the year with this team, I would say expectations were probably, you know, winning three games would meet expectations. I don't think that would have had anyone super excited, but I also don't think it would have had anyone melting down. We've obviously now hit that. I think two wins this year would have been an absolute meltdown. Um and I think if we, if you told us before the year winning four, I think we would all have been really happy with that and called that a really good season for uh, Les's first year. So we're now at three, and I will honestly say I think people will be wildly disappointed if we end the year at three. I think people think this uh, game against K-State is very winnable. I think going into Stillwater seems winnable. So I don't know. I think there's just a lot of excitement. Most of that has to do with Brent Deerman and the KU offense. I think people are confident. There's buzz around the program normally. Um, as a lot of K-State fans like to joke, they think we are on the basketball by this point. And to be honest, normally we are. We play Duke in like a week. But, uh, no, people are pretty excited for this game coming up Saturday in Lawrence. So I think uh, getting another win has definitely – getting the win against Texas Tech has changed the expectations for the season. I think people very much expect to win another one. Looking at this team's offense, I would call that our biggest strength right now. I've said it a million times. That is definitely the biggest story. Brent Deerman – we everyone knows who Puka Williams is. Uh, Carter Stanley's been around. He hasn't got a ton of starts. He's finally getting his shot that he's deserved for the last three years. He's having a huge senior season. Um, but the thing I don't think everyone talks about is our uh, wide receivers. We have a lot of good ones that are big, athletic, less miles types wide receivers. Andrew Parchment, Dalen Charlotte have been really good. So I think that right now is definitely our offense, and then or our. <laughs> Our strength. All right, looking at our biggest weakness, I would definitely look at special teams and defense. Special teams got bailed out last week against Texas Tech thanks to them just being idiots. But um, the week before that, it absolutely cost us against Texas. We had missed field goals, blocked kicks, um, had a PAT blocked and taken back for two-point conversion. So it's just been a disaster. Uh, I would say that's a concern. And also our defense. I mean, we gave up 50 to Texas. We Gave up 34 to Texas Tech. We struggled to get stops. We've been struggling to get stops on third down. So that's definitely, I would say, the main concern with this team, especially with just how excited everyone is about the offense. The main thing people talk about is that defense needing to improve. Looking at key players, I think the one is always Puka Williams. That's the one everyone talks about. He's one of the most electric players in the country. 
Um, he will be the guy on the offensive uh, side to watch. But Bryce Tornaden on the defensive side, I think, is someone to watch. He's a hometown kid from Lawrence. He knows this rivalry. He also is coming off getting ejected in the first half for targeting um, against Texas Tech. So I feel like, you know, he's coming out. He's he's amped. He's ready to make a have a big game. And, you know, this will be huge for his career to go out with a his first win over – Kansas State. So uh, the key for KU, I would say, is just not getting down early. The last two weeks we have built – we were down 14-0 against Texas and 17-0 against Texas Tech. Now, obviously, we answered really well, but I just don't – the way K-State plays, they're pretty slow at times, so I think that's going to be tough for us to come back and do that. So um, when I go to a score prediction, I'm going to go Hawks 31-24. I, uh, I'm sipping the Kool-Aid. I love Brent Deerman. I think he's great. I think Les Miles is incredible at motivating guys for games specifically like this. I think if there was ever a time for this rivalry to kind of flip, it's now when Snyder left the first time, KU went and got the next three. I think that's what's going to happen with uh, old Les and Brent Deerman leading the way. So that is my prediction. I'm sure most people won't like that. But, uh, again, I'm Ryan with Ain't No Seats. You can find me on Twitter. You can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts. Not that many of you want to listen, but shout out to Scott and Grant. Love the pod, and uh, we'll see you guys Saturday. Hello, Boneheads. This is Brian Smolder from K-State HD TV here to give you your K-State primer for the Wildcats road trip to Lawrence against KU. The Wildcats are champions of the world right now thanks to a 48-41 takedown of number 5 Oklahoma. Given a 5-2 record after seven games prior to the season, most K-State fans would be over the moon, and that's where we all are right now, although arriving at this point has admittedly been a bit of a winding path. Still, Wildcat Nation is riding the euphoric tidal wave after the home win against the Sooners, and now it's Beak Week, a chance to get bowl eligible in year one of the Chris Kleiman era. The win over OU showed the college football world what Coach Kleiman and his staff had been telling his team all season, that if they could clean up most of their mistakes, they belonged on the field with anyone. True to his word, the Wildcats played one of the more complete games of the season, holding the nation's top offense to just 53 total plays and 102 yards rushing. And offensively, the Wildcats turned out 213 yards rushing and 48 points against the Sooners, the third highest point total ever by K-State in the series against Oklahoma, and the most since a 1995 win. The best part was how K-State went to do this. They went back to their identity, attacking the line of scrimmage with a veteran offensive line to set up those timely passing for big plays. The return of Jordan Brown no doubt helped ignite this offense, as coupled with the return of Phillips Brooks, the two added weapons led to added offensive diversity by the Wildcats. Defensively, the D-line showed why it's the most complete unit in the Big 12, forcing Jalen Hurts and OU into multiple bad decisions, a season-worst performance on third downs, and even a couple of punts for a team that had just 16 all season coming in. The loss of Eric Gallon for the season no doubt stings, though, for a linebacker unit being tested for depth already this season as you look ahead to the game against KU. However, the return of Corey Fletcher, the appearance and the play of Khalid Duke show that the linebackers and that third down pass rush unit perhaps has some more flex returning. The linebacker core and the D-line will certainly be tested in a different way this week with a more up-tempo style of offense that features that ultra-quick running style of Puka Williams. How the Wildcats handle the now suddenly emerging Jayhawk offense will be one of the more fascinating aspects of this week's game. In some respects, K 
K-State being less than a touchdown favorite as we tape this primer seems to make sense as KU is playing much better. However, I wonder what the line would have been had Texas Tech's special teams unit not decided to play rugby in the waning seconds. Still, the rivalry now has a little bit of spice, which is good, I suppose, for some people. Myself, I'd just be fine with K-State rolling into and out of Lawrence again with a ho-hum 40-point win. For the Wildcats to do that, though, they simply must take the climbing mantra of pound of stone, win the dang day, to heart. As great as last Saturday was, it's only one rep, one practice, one day, one game at a time. Do that, and I think the Cats will be just fine this week, and we'll be talking afterwards about what bowl will be slotted in at the end of the season. Until then, this is Brian Smoller, Ian Campbell's much smaller twin brother, reminding you that always, above all others, regardless of outcome, Cats. Thank you so much to Ryan Reinhardt. Of but eight, only kind of. Only kind of. Uh, for, from Ain't No Seats Pod, go ahead and check those guys out if you want to you know, see the KU perspective. And thank you very much, of course, to Brian Smoller. Best in the biz. Love him. We love Brian. Um, so we started this last week, uh, and it seemed to work out. So uh, before we get into our keys to V, I just want to talk about uh, what this game would mean, build up kind of like the emotional side of it. We give our keys of Vs. We get the primers. We do the picks. So we do – I wouldn't even say analytical, but we kind of break down the game. But I want to get more of the emotional side of it in these previews. Um, so what does this game mean – to the K-State fan base. I think when we talk on Friday, we're going to talk more about it at a personal level. But for the K-State fan base this game, you're sitting at 5-2. and two, You're going against KU. I really think the number one thing it is it's, it's about bragging rights. Of course. Um, every year losing to KU for this fan base is pretty much unthinkable, especially in football, especially with how bad they've been the last decade. Um, this year it has a new bite to it. Um, they've got, you know – what they would like to to say is a Hall of Fame head coach, and maybe he is, unless he already is. I don't know. I think he's going to be. I don't know if he's in there yet. Um, sure. Let's you know they've they are touting him as a Hall of Fame head coach. They think that they are back. They think that in the next five years, Les Miles is going to take them to the top of this state and um, to another level in college football. And we are thinking that we need to put a stop to that right here and right now. I think. I think K-State's in a better position. I think Chris Kleiman was a better hire. But to this fan base as a whole, this is probably every year the most important game of the year, and it's not any different this year. No, it's not. And I put this as the last bullet point, but I want to bring it up now. Every time K-State plays KU and they have a new head coach, they always seem to be like, oh, no, this is the one who's going to turn it around. Like, you know, Mangino finally did it and one time versus Bill and then the three times versus Prince. And then Mangino left, and I'm like, oh, Turner Gill, he's the guy. He's going to be the guy to do it again. He failed. Then they're like, Charlie Weiss, like, oh, yeah, Super Bowl rings, wada, yada, 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 and he failed. And then I think Clint Bowen might have been like an interim one time when we played them. And they're like, oh, Clint Bowen, he's a KU guy. He's been here forever. Oh, rock chalk, he knows what this is all about. He's going to beat K-State, and then he doesn't. And then, you know, David Beatty, like, oh, this guy, he's a recruiting whiz. He's going to bring us a great offense. And then he couldn't. So now here it is. They have this new coach. It's Les Miles. They're like, oh, he knows how to win games like this. So their confidence is there. And credit to Les Miles. I think he does know how to win games like this. He did it at Oklahoma State, somehow beat the Sooners twice when they were far, far better than Oklahoma State. Obviously, you know, he beat Alabama, not very much, but 
Nick Saban is the greatest of all time, and I don't think that you can say, you know, Les Miles' tenure at LSU was not successful. He was very successful. I mean, he won a national championship. He was competing for, you know, uh, being – he was basically top five in his entire tenure there. Had a couple of down years towards the end, but directly competing with Nick Saban, I mean, come on. Yeah, and again, you know – I'm I'm not I, I don't know what to make out of Les Miles. I've gone I don't back and either. forth. I've gone back and forth on him. Every time I hear him talk, I'm like, this dude's a fraud. I know. Um, but you know, he, I mean, he maybe made a good hire with Brett Deerman. Um, let's see. Again, it's it's kind of like a rookie pitcher in Major League Baseball. You come in, you have your fastball. No one has a scouting report on you, um, and you have a couple of good games. But eventually, everyone adjust and it's really at this level at the highest level of anything if any competition it's not about how you adjust it's how you adjust to their adjustments there's tape out there so we'll see what happens but it, it, i feel like this happens every you know time ku changes coaches their hope gets up there a little bit and then in the old world it was bill snyder to stomp them down um for better or worse, I, I legitimately – I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into Chris Kleiman. I, I don't think he's lied to us. I don't think he does the coach speak stuff. I think what he says is what he means. If what he says is what he means is true, he definitely does not care more about this game than Les Miles does. And Bill Snyder, you can say whatever you want about him. The most important game for him was always KU. Um, so you don't have that at the head coaching position uh, – I mean, I, I don't know if that's if, if that's the difference. At the end of the day, I think we're much better in the trenches. I think we have better coaches, um, but it will be interesting. Um, I completely, just to add on to that, I, I mean, I completely agree with you that I don't know what to make of Les Miles, and KU is kind of a confusing team. Like, I think you can look at them on both sides. Um, first one being, like, the doubter. Are they really – are they really improved from last year? Um, Result-wise, I mean, technically, yes. They have three wins. That's. But, I mean, they, they beat TCU last year. It's not like they didn't right. have a big Right, it's not like they year. didn't compete. They almost beat Texas last year. They almost beat us last they year. They almost beat us last year. They did beat TCU. But, so, you know, it's – I think that the recency bias, the fact that they just beat Tech um, they and that they've they Texas. took Texas to the wire – uh, has got people thinking that you know maybe K, maybe KU is on the way back, but I do feel like I have to give some credit to Les Miles. Um, I think he's been playing us all for fools in a way. I think he's a little more in touch with reality than we all think he is. Um, I don't know how far he can take KU, but I think he's someone to take seriously. I agree. Um, another thing, big thing on here, it's when this and you're bowl eligible after eight games. Um, I, I we're already at the five wins I predicted preseason. Uh, love eating the crow. There, there were a couple people in my mentions that were like trying to almost be like I'm not happy about doing well. I was on the climbing train two minutes after the hire. I was one of the first doubters, turn believers uh, on Chris Climbing. So folks who are trying to say I'm not happy about this. That's a weird take. Um, but again, getting bowl eligible after eight games. I mean that would be massive after. We came to the season just hoping you could get there after 12. I mean, that would be by far and away the best first year a head coach has had in the history of K-State, probably. Ron Prince won seven. That's true. That's I true. Mean, We're not to seven I, yet. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I, I, I'm just saying, and again, Ron Prince, But hey, let's talk about, but, I mean, if we 
we don't want to. But if we wanted to compare that in, in the next 15 seconds, let's look at – I mean, Ron Prince inherited a much better roster than, than Chris Kleiman did. And you Gosh. just – and I think that eh, – I don't know if it's fair to say that beating Oklahoma was a bigger one than beating Texas. Those are pretty comparable because Texas was number four and they were on the doorstep of the BCS title. So comparable wins, but – he We're did, never he did ever like Mississippi State. That's true. I mean, he's we are never ever ever going to even compare in any way Chris Kleiman to Ron Prince. In fact, I think we should just stop talking about Ron Prince ever on this podcast again. I, I, well, I'm just saying that, like, hey, there, there was a football coach in his first year went to a bowl and won seven games. You're right. You're right. We'll have to revisit that. Well, and, just for the numbers. No, I know. Just for the numbers and for what it's worth, while he didn't go to a bowl game, Bill Snyder in his first year back did go 6-6 six and six and was playing at Nebraska for the North. week of the season for a North Conference or That's Northern crazy. Division Championship. That is crazy. So there's still work to do for him to lay claim to the best first season ever, but it's almost there. You win Saturday versus KU. What's stopping again – Maybe I'm falling into the trap that we did after Mississippi State, but what's it's stopping so easy. him? What's stopping him from them beating Texas? And then if you if you turn around and do that, you're beating West Virginia at home. Then you're going to Lubbock, and then Iowa State restore the order there. That, that's all I'm going to say. But bull eligibility. No, you're is you're up. not wrong. And yes, I think we should proceed with caution because we all fell into the three and zero trap. Um, but there was reason for us to be excited. I mean, yeah, it, I don't think that people were overreacting. Maybe a little bit, people talking about, wow, well, we're going to win nine games. But look at us yeah, now. Yeah. I mean, look at us now. Look it was at, two who games. Who would have thought? How does that meme go? The Paul oh, Ryan? Uh, look at us. Look at us. I don't know, but I I love it. I Well, I don't now because I feel like it's, it's been oversaturated, and everyone since the very first one I saw has been shit. But that first one is so damn good. I'm going to have to just – but still, Keep talking. It, it doesn't play. matter. That, that's fine. Uh, the next one, again, recruiting battles. I know Chris Klein was trying to downplay it, but at the end of the day, when you're in the state like Kansas, there's so few top-tier guys that if you can keep and establish and keep that dominance over the other in-state program, it is going to be something that you can always hold your head on, hat on. Uh, yeah, and – that's like even though the top tier guys aren't going to K State or KU, but still, you you don't want if, if Kai Thomas said I'm going to play for a school in Kansas, you don't want KU to even be a choice. You don't want KU to have any ammunition at all uh, to point to point against K State. Yeah, and this is probably I don't know if I can say everybody that this is a large portion of the fan base is biggest question probably about climbing or at least it was at one point was can this guy recruit. Um, which is very funny because it's not like K-State's ever really recruited well. But um, if you're not believing that, you know, we have good recruiters on staff at this point, I think you're kind of high. But um, he's made it a point that he wanted to, to lock down that six-hour six radius, and this is about as big of a game possible in terms of relevant to that point. Yeah, I could make an argument that uh – when it comes to recruiting battles, Texas Tech and Iowa State might actually be more important because if you look at some of the guys we've been in on, uh, it's come down to those two, maybe even Oklahoma State. But I agree, especially for that six-hour radius for Kansas City, for Kansas, um, this is a big one. Final thing on the emotional side I want to talk about before we do get into the keys to be. I love Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd is great, although I think he is a KU guy. Look at us. Hey, look at us. Look at us. Huh? Who would have thought? Not me. 
It's yeah, my hero. Exactly. That's great. Although I think he is a KU guy. So he is definitely a KU guy. Eric Stone so Street all the way. Fuck Paul Rudd just for this week. Yes. Go Eric Stone Street and Sean Lowe, The Bachelor, and Chris C. Alley. I saw him. Oh, we saw him. Yeah, we saw him at the Oklahoma State game. Yeah, that's right. Uh, he didn't answer my shout out for him to come on the pod. But all right, final thing before we get into keys to V. And this is my least favorite thing yeah, in the I know. World. I agree with you. But we're going to touch on it. The narrative of only Bill Snyder can beat KU. Well, here, here's the thing. I'm sorry that, you know, K-State got a coach that had long-term stability um, and coached forever. And Ron Prince came at the only spike during our lifetimes where KU – was even a bowl team, basically. Literally, yeah. It's like, probably the worst time possible to be uh, an opposing coach against KU. Yeah, here's the thing. And again, I sorry, I, I brought him up. But during that, you know, four out of – or I guess, yeah, I guess it would have been four out of five-year run where KU beat K-State. If you get rid of those five years, throw them out, and you put Derek Hamas as the coach at K-State during that exact same time frame – K-State has a winning record versus KU. Yeah. I mean, like, the, the whole narrative about... That's a only, very, very... Uh, it's a stupid narrative. Very niche th- uh, th- uh, yeah. shout, shout out, out there. Yeah. Shout out to Derek Thomas. Maybe I four think it, people will know that. All right, tweet at <laughs> Bosco's Boys and Scott Wildcat and Grant. Tweet at us if you understand the Derek Thomas reference. Um, but here's the thing. We everyone understands K State futility, you blah 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 before Snyder. But here's the thing, and not trying to take anything. This one hundred percent not taking anything away from Bill Snyder, but it at least came at a point. Bill Snyder was hired when K State finally decided, you know what, we're gonna invest in football. We're gonna try. Before Bill Snyder, the university literally didn't try. The most effort they ever put in was redshirting a ton of seniors to have a sh- to say, hey, we're going to throw away this year to try to go to the first ever bowl. Back in like the early 80s, whatever. They didn't try until Bill Snyder. And guess what? KU has been trying the entire time, and they still became absolute shit. It doesn't matter that it was Bill Snyder the entire time. Like I said, Derek Thomas could have been the coach for K-State, and they're still going over 500. So I agree. That narrative is stupid. But to squash it out, to stop it, we have to win. Because here's the thing. For 365 days, it's actually a little less because we play them in early October next year. But for 11 months, K-State fans are going to have to hear the, oh, only Bill Snyder can beat KU bullshit narrative uh, if we don't win this. So that's just the other thing. This, I mean, again, I think we'll talk more about things on our personal side. It is a really frustrating Friday, narrative. It's a stupid narrative. On a list of several stupid, frustrating K-State false narratives. They, they beat Virginia Tech that one time, so suck it. That's KU fans' argument. Okay. but uh, I agree. I would love to put, that, put a nail in that coffin game one. Um, I just think... I mean, I, ugh, I, I'm i thinking about the game, and I'm starting to get nervous about it. But I think that Chris Kleiman truly is one of those dudes. And, I mean, you pretty much hit it. You pretty much hit it. I mean, we didn't, obviously, we were futility you before Bill Snyder, and then you're going to look at a three-year sample size of a guy that's clearly a fucking train wreck. Who and still say was that, almost 500. Who, and who still is, like, I mean, what, 10 years later is doing the same exact psychotic bullshit yeah. at Howard and Again, it's like he, and a, you're going to use that as ammunition for this he, narrative a, it's very silly. He's a silly. trash human, a bad football coach, but at the end of the day he still had seasons at K-State that KU fans would kill for. And that is the T. Yeah, and that is the T. <laughs> Shout out to Sophie Turner. All right, we're getting into the oh. keys of the 
Yeah. Love We're going to get so into V. Grant, get into it. We, we ranted about the emotional side of it. Let's get back into the X's and O's. What is the first thing, your number one key, if we're going to get that V? Offense has looked pretty good lately, hasn't it, Scott? I want to see us continue to distribute the ball to multiple weapons like we have done the last few weeks, like we did against Oklahoma. You said it on our last pod. We hit nine different receivers. That makes it very hard to defend an offense. Um, Mess needs to continue to be creative, utilize the weapons we have to keep this ball rolling. Yeah, distributed to nine receivers and had four people – or no, six people receive handoffs or do quarterback runs. I love it. That, I, I love that as well. My first one is going to be keep the momentum going on the ground. Uh, go into the game with the expectation and thought that we are going to dominate their defensive line, which sucks, and run it down their throat. Um, we were so good on first down versus Oklahoma, and I think most of that comes down to how well we ran the ball. If we keep that going, if we're averaging five to six yards per play on first down and doing it with the running game, we're going to win this game. I like that point. Um, <laughs> I hope that we can actually fulfill that narrative for once because it doesn't feel like I think I mentioned this earlier this year that it feels like every time there's a narrative where like there's a aspect of a team that it feels like we're going to expose that it just blows up in our face like I hope that this time this is going to be the time where we absolutely obliterate their defensive line because they're shit I agree with you all right give me your second key to V my second key to V eliminate big plays from the KU offense like I said earlier KU scored on tech on most exclusively on big plays or at least setting them up right into the five yard you know line. don't let them be bailed out by an 80 yard touchdown pass or an eight or it, with a break in coverage we if they're going to score make them work for it make it take six minutes and then answer their asses i agree and then my final one is do not let them believe for better or worse, KU is playing better. I know we're a K-State podcast, but you can't hide the fact that over the last two weeks, they are playing much better in their players, in their fans. They're going to start to believe. I think for the first time in a long time in Memorial Stadium, there's going to be more KU fans than K-State fans. I think it's going to be close to a 50-50. I think it's going to be 60-40, 55-45 KU fans. You cannot let them believe. You have to shut them down early and you can't let them get back in the game they've gotten off to slow starts they got down i think 14-0 versus texas they're down 17-0 versus texas tech uh you know even in the like i'm trying to think what were their what was their other win indiana state they got down at you know at the middle part of that game they had to make comebacks in in the games they've won even boston college they were down 14 to nothing boston college they don't start fast Step on their neck early and don't let up. Do not give them hope. Because if their fans, if their players start getting hope, all of a sudden, for the first time in a decade, you're in a stadium that might start getting behind that team. You can't even give them that option. I agree with this key so much that I tried to steal it before this segment. Um, we need to kill this game early. Because if there's, if there's one thing I know about this KU team, it's that they believe they can win games now. And we, we've seen that. They've got their own fucking TV show, and they're saying it on that stupid TV show. And I agree. we got to kill it early. Make them think that they don't stand a chance. Perfect. And we are going to get into – getting fired up. I am getting fired up. We're <laughs> going to go quickly through the uh, 
game picks because I think we've gone a little bit longer than we typically have. Maybe not. I don't know. This is mybookie.ag's weekly pick them again, all Big 12 games, the college game day game, and random games I decided to throw in there. We're doing 15 a week this week. And guess what, folks? The impossible comeback. There's still a lot of season left, but I am now two games in the lead after going nine and six last week. You and the Boneheads all relevant the same game. Relevant tweet on my phone right there. Yeah, I can't believe you've come back and taken the lead. Yeah, it's I, sickening. Yeah, it, it's crazy. Uh, I made it happen. Um, you know, it is what it is. That, but you know what? That's what you get. You got you and the Boneheads were going against me early in the season. You were giving me wedgies and noogies and taunting me. Well, guess what? You guys went 15 for 15 together last week. And the two games I went against you guys, I won. So, what's up? We're going to get into it. On Halloween, 7 p.m., ESPN, West Virginia at number 12, Baylor, with Pat McAfee on the call. Baylor is getting 92% of the bonehead picks. I have Baylor. I assume you also are going with the despicable Baylor Bears, no matter how much it sucks to do so. I can't believe Baylor's number 12. That Matt Rule is Rule. a stud. He needs to get out of there. I've got Baylor as well. All right, here's a fun one. Saturday, at the same time as our game, which sucks, because I actually would really like to watch this game. Saturday on the 2nd, 2.30 p.m. on ESPN, TCU at Oklahoma State. The Boneheads have Oklahoma State, 74%. I, too, am going Oklahoma State, but TCU with those sexy blue or purple, black, and red uniforms pulled off that upset versus Texas last week. I think this is going to be a very good game. It's a very interesting game between two like almost identical teams. Um, I I'm going with Oklahoma State, too. I think they have a few more weapons. And they're at home. Uh, but I think that's going to be a fun game. I wish we could watch. Uh, 2.30 CBS, and I think this kind of tells you what uh, the national TV partners think of the Big 12 slate this week because I think all eyes will be on CBS 2.30, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party, number 6 Florida versus number 8 Georgia. Bonehead, 63% going with Georgia. I'm going with the Bulldogs as well. But you know what? Florida, no matter how many times we call come on this podcast and call them a fraud, seem to be playing well. I'm going to Florida. I don't oh. – I'm not – I no longer uh, subscribe to the Florida are frauds narrative. I saw them in person in LSU, and I was very impressed by them. I and think we've called them frauds two or three times on this podcast. We have, and I – Definitely believe that until the LSU game. Um, I think Florida's. I think Florida's better than Georgia. I think Georgia are frauds. I think that they have a lot of issues going on with their coaching staff. And that is true. Um, I'm going with the Gators. Yep. I actually. I would not be surprised. That's if you a got game the, I would like to go to. That would be. You know. I take it back. I don't think so. I I think the pregame would be cool, but I think by the time all those drunkards get into the stadium, it's pretty See, meh. I think I think it'd be fun to hang out there. The but point, I don't need to. The go whole point the of my tradition is to go to home stadium, so it's kind of a kind of an outlier. Uh, it doesn't is make a tradition sense. Tradition until you get to year two. <laughs> That's true. I should probably go to more than one game, but um, I think neutral, neutral. Some neutral atmospheres are so fun. I think that one would probably be top notch. I think pregame it'd be fun. I think in game it'd be mediocre. I think the best neutral site in game would be Red River, and I think you'll eventually get there. I think um, I'm going next year. Right. So, are you going to skip a K-State game to do that? Well, it depends. I mean, that's fine. You do whatever you want to. I'll it, get, that actually is a I'll big... I'll get Jimmy. I'll get Jimmy Well, that's Jimmy a huge factor. You're I'll, right, because the only reason I was going to go to that one this year is because we had a bye. So, well, I have to see our schedule first. Well, you, it's out there, but right. you know what? I can get Jimmy if I need to. Or my dad. My dad has done very well. The Boneheads love Kevin. Your dad is... 
the super sub. He is the super sub, especially for game reviews. 1.30 p.m. on NBC, Virginia Tech going to number 16, Notre Dame. I have Notre Dame. Boneheads have Notre Dame at 84%. I think you probably have Notre Dame. You're correct. It's not a great slate of games this week. Number 9, Utah at Washington, 3 p.m. on Fox. Boneheads, Utah, 74%. I have Utah. Washington. Whoa! Oh, man. I'm coming oh, after man. you. Oh, man. Timeout. I, I already marked Utah. Timeout. Grant has Washington. Hey, it's in Seattle. I'm no longer, I'm no longer sleepwalking through these. I, hey, you know what? That could happen. Also, Utah frauds. So you might win that one. All right, number seven, Oregon at USC, 7 p.m. on Fox. Fox is really riding. Big boy Fox is riding with the Pac-10. I have Oregon. Boneheads have Oregon. I'm not going to mark anything That's too early. That's a clean sweep. Okay, just making sure. I like that you're going with Washington. That's good. All right, here's a fun one. 11 a.m., big noon kickoff at 11 a.m. in the central time zone. Wait, yeah, is Indiana in the central time zone? Not sure. doesn't matter. That's, Nebraska, a, good, that's a great question. Nebraska uh, tweet at, at tweet Purdue. at us if Indiana is in the central time zone because yeah. we're not going to look it up. Yeah, not going to look it up. Nebraska at Purdue, first off, LOL, at Nebraska, Scott Frost is a bumbling idiot. I would not. Oh, my if Lord. If you offered me a trade straight up, Scott Frost for Chris Kleiman, I would not take it. Oh, God, no. no. I mean, God, no. They're going to end up firing him at the end of the season. Boneheads are going a little extreme, though. 78% with Nebraska, or with Purdue. 78% oh. Purdue. 78% Purdue. That's high, but I'm, I'm picking Purdue. I'm not. I'm going Nebraska. I don't think Purdue's good. I don't think they are either, but uh, I Although hate Nebraska. Although Nebraska might have a culture issue. So, man, you could pick up a lot of room. Um, here's another one. Or I could be hurting. It's true. 2.30 p.m. CBS Sports. Uh, Army at Air Force. The Boneheads love picking Army. Uh, we all picked Army last week, and they lost to San Jose State. Um, I'm going with Air Force. Boneheads have Army. Who are you going with? Air Force. Yep, I agree with you. All right, here's a fun one. Up in Utah, this is Mountain West after dark, even though BYU is an independent. 9 p.m. ESPN2, BYU at Utah State. Boneheads are going 60% Cougars. I'm going Utah State. Grant, who do you have? I'm going Utah State, too. All righty. Uh, again, another Saturday game, 11 a.m. This is on SCC, SEC Network, UTSA at Texas A&M. Shout out to the homie David. We're all going to be cheering for UTSA, but the Boneheads with a big number, 79% have A&M. I have A&M, too, but I want you guys to shock the world. <laughs> yeah, I mean – Desperate for a Roadrunners win here, but I'm going A&M. Exactly, but David is like the best opponent bonehead we've ever had. I mean, what? I, I desperately, I, yeah. I'm going to start talking to Gene Taylor. I need another two-for-one with UTSA. I need two home games where David comes up to Manhattan. I want to hang out with all the Roadrunners down in San Antonio again. Um, Seth Luttrell is struggling this year. 2.30 p.m. NFL Network. Uh, the Miners, Dana Demmel versus Seth Luttrell, North Texas. Uh UTEP sucks, so I'm taking North Texas. The Boneheads are taking North Texas. Uh, but, man, I think we might have dodged a bullet. Can't believe I wanted Seth Luttrell to be my boyfriend. I'm going with North Texas, though. Yeah. I mean, UTEP is so bad. UTEP is really bad. Dana Sorry, Dana. Sucks. All right. Um, UAB at Tennessee. Boneheads, 79% Tennessee. I wanted to go UAB. That's the only reason I put this game on the schedule is I wanted to go UAB. They're actually having a pretty good season. They're 6-1. and one. Uh, But after doing a little bit of research, I, I have to go Tennessee. 
Tennessee coming coming off a win, got a little momentum. I got to go with the Volunteers. But man, it would be fun if it was UAB. All right, here's a good one. A one of the best rivalries of the '90s: Miami at Florida State and early 2000s. Uh, but it's all about the U versus Florida State. The bone had 63% going with Miami. I'm going Florida State though. I'm also I'm also going home team. I feel like these are pretty comparable teams. Both four and four. Not and good. Crappy ACC. Yeah. It's so trash. just gotta gotta go with the home crowd, I guess. Yep. Shout out to the American Conference, which is better than the ACC, and that is where College Game Day is heading. One of the stories of the year: SMU ranked number fifteen at number twenty-four. Memphis with Norvell, a guy who was in on the K-State football sweepstakes. Again, I think he's a good coach. I think he's a good coach, too. I think there might be some other issues there. I think he might be a little psycho. I think he, his <laughs> yeah. buyout might be a little high. I think he might want a little bit too much money. But you know what? If he stays at Memphis for a long time, he might really turn them into one of those grand of five darlings year after year. But again, SMU, one of the stories of the year. This is on is it on Big Boy? No, yeah, this is on Big Boy, ABC, 6.30 p.m. College game day is there. The Boneheads are riding with the ponies, 74%. I'm going with Norvell and Memphis, home crowd, college game day. I think they're a really good team. I wish they wouldn't have tripped up earlier in the year. If this could have been a top 15 American showdown, that would have been great. But I'll be home in time to watch this game. It is appointment television. The American is fun. Who do you have? I'm going with Memphis. I, I think they have a – Really great offense, and it's almost a uniform pick. Um, some of my, SMU some of the better. Some good I know they do too. This they is do a too. Great uniform. Game. It is a great uniform game. Um, but I'm going with the home team, and I think that I think this is a great college game day pick. People were mad about it, and I know there were people joking about it should come to Lawrence, which obviously not. But um, I saw like a lot of people being annoyed that it was going to Memphis. I think no, it's a great, great pick. I think this is, is a great, great pick. I think it'll be a great crowd. Again, SMU, great story, rising from the ashes. It only took them 30 years. Um, but I'm I, I'm a fan of the American. I love watching that brand of football. Um, I'm excited to get home in time to watch the game after this one. The big game, the number 22 team in the nation, the fighting Kansas State Wildcats football team versus the Kansas Jayhawks and the Sunflower Showdown presented by Manscaped. Remember, go to manscaped.com. Use promo code armchair for 20% off your purchase. Don't nick or cut your balls. The Boneheads, 95% of them are rocking with the Cats. Big number. Only a handful of KU folks tried to spam the poll. Had a lot of votes in this week's polls. Thank you, everyone. Remember, go to twitter.com, at Bosco's Boys, to vote every week. Um... 95% high number. My confidence is nowhere near 95%. Here's God, my no. score. Here's my score, and I don't like to do it. I don't like to do it. I have KU scoring 31 points, and I have K-State scoring 34. I'm not picking us to lose this one, but it's going to be close, much closer than I want it to be. Um, but it's, you know, make make sure your heart's ticking. <laughs> Go check out a sponsor of the review show, Dr. Short, over uh, at KC. P-D-C. KCPDC, yes. Kansas City Primary Shit. Direct Care. Yes, there you go. Yes. Thanks. Check them out before this game because your hearts are going to be beating fast. I don't need any boneheads getting a heart attack during this game. So check out the EMA hero doctor himself. Uh, but 34-31 cats is what I have. Grant, what do you have? You know, I realized we've just been podcasting in the dark for like 30 minutes. It's pretty funny. Uh, daylight savings time this weekend, so like, 
this time next week Ooh. it's going to be super dark. I know. I love it. It's going to be. I I'm an I early bird. Like it. I'm an early bird and I go to bed early. I, I like it too it. because it makes like you get off work and it makes it seem like your off time is so much longer because you look at and you're like damn I got to go to bed and then it's like oh wait no it's only seven so it's it's good for the mental health but then also it's dark for like a million years and then you kind of get sad. I think it's actually really bad for mental. health. I know, but. From that aspect of like, oh, I don't have, I have a long time to hang out. It makes it seem like the day's a lot longer. But anyways, I've got the cats, of course, of course, I got the fucking cats. I'm, sh- I'm terrified. I'm genuinely terrified of losing this game. I think it's gonna be a touchdown game for sure. Ku is. Give me a score. I mean, Throw a number out. There's, there, there's no doubt in my mind oh, that this is Ku's Super Bowl. They're gonna pull out everything that they have in their playbooks to win this game because. They win this game. It's a successful season. They beat K State this weekend. They could lose every game, go four and eight. They could lose every game for close to a calendar year, and it won't matter. And they will see that as a success. <sighs> Offensively, we've been kind of hot. Well, just one game. <laughs> I don't know. Situationally, we're we're fine for CC, but we don't, we're only really hot for one. Honestly, offensively, we were god awful at TCU or against TCU. Yeah, score? You want to score? You want to score? score? Give me a score. I've got the Cats 38. 38. The Hawks 31. You 28. Said 28. Okay. I take it back. We we win by 10. Blake Lynch clinches the game late. I mean, he doesn't clinch it, but he makes he makes them feel like. They they can't come back. Then he exposes his thirteen. Then he inch exposes penis. his penis, and um, he pulls his penis pulls his pants down and shows his perfectly groomed cock and balls. Thanks to manscaped.com. And, manscaped. and then he lifts his shirt up and he has manscaped tattooed on his stomach. And he says, "Go." He steals a microphone for somebody. He says, "Go to manscaped and use promo code armchair." All right, we love you guys. Um, Friday we're going to talk more about our own personal feelings surrounding the Sunflower Showdown. We're going to do a little Day of the Dead content, talk about things that we missed. spooky Halloween. Except for it's not going to be spooky. Well, it's Day of the Dead. You, you remember those who have passed. Oh, really? Things that are dead. I guess you know, I didn't really know what that was. Yeah, you know, remembrance. That's Day of the Dead. You remember those that have passed. Okay. So there you go. <laughs> That's what we're going to be bringing you guys on Friday. Um, remember, play the song or play the shows in your sleep and at your work computer when you leave. We love you guys. Love you so much. Go Cats. Big week. Meet me at the Hawkhead. We're rushing the field. Meet me at the midfield Hawkhead and plant a flag, baby. Yeah. Cats. Go Cats.
to the pumpkin song in this town. Don't we love it now? Everybody's waiting for the next surprise. Well, that corner man hiding in the trash can. Something's waiting at the house and how he's scared. This is Halloween, ready for Scrooge. Aren't you scared? Well, that's just fine. Ride with the moon in the dead of night. Everybody scream! Everybody scream! In our town of Halloween, glowing with a tearaway face, here in a flash and gone without a trace. I am the who, and you call who's there? I am the wind blowing through your hair. I am the shadow on the moon at night, filling your dreams to the brim with fright. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. 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 Tender lumplings everywhere. Life's no fun without a good scare. That's our job, but we're not mean. In our town of Halloween, in this town, don't we love it now? Everyone's waiting for the next surprise. Skeleton Jack might catch you in the back and scream like a banshee, make you jump out of your skin. This is Halloween, everyone scream. Won't you please make way for a very special guy? Our man Chad king of the pumpkin rush. Everyone hail to the pumpkin king now. This is Halloween. Podcast Network.